Today is Tuesday, March 21st, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Let's talk about being unequally yoked in business and then be perfect uh, as I am perfect, says the Lord, says Jesus. Uh, Lust is bad, okay? So it's bad. Let's talk about that. Uh, Then we talk to a godless demon atheist. Um who wants to know if God can make a rock so big he can't move it. Ugh, so frustrating, so irritating. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm just going to wait until you, you can hear that for yourself, the explanation. Um, we, we mess around with the ridiculousness of the guy in the question, but eventually uh, we get around to, to answering it. Um, so there is an answer, but I'm going to make you wait for it. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually a good conversation. So uh, sometimes we do the right things for the wrong reasons. What are the motivation behind the things we do? It's like, you know, do we try to follow Jesus just uh, to, to not be bad people or to work for salvation or because we just want to be like the guy we claim to follow? Like, can we do the right things for the wrong reasons? Of course we can. But, you know, what exactly are the angles and motivations behind everything? So let's talk about that and more on today's podcast. Uh, check out the Ask a Christian book available on Amazon to find out more about what we do in this podcast and why we do it. Uh, check out the store, the Ask a Christian store, to buy some merchandise, t-shirts, coffee mugs, hats, whatever, uh, to definitely encourage people to stop you and ask you about the faith you have and why you have it and uh, encourage civil discussions. Um, in addition to that, you can just outright support the broadcast by clicking on the link to donate. That would be super awesome. Equipment is not cheap, and we need to buy some. Um, So anyway, take care, thanks for listening, and subscribe and share this, and have an awesome Tuesday. You know, I'm rethinking that whole unequally yoked partnership. Like, I always thought, uh, you know, again, you know, these biblical principles, although it's talking about, you know, uh, marriage, I think, you know, the principle extends to, you know, I mean, pretty much wherever you can extend it to. I mean, it's a principle. So like in, in business partnerships and things like that. Yep. You know, I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't say it exactly applies, but it's sure a wise decision because, <laughs> I mean, if not, it's just one more thing that, you know, people have to potentially disagree over or, you know, in business decisions and how to, like, structure the company or drive the company or the partnership. And I mean, that's just one more thing when, uh, you know, to disagree about, not necessarily, you know, because of religion, but because of the things that come from religious or non-religious beliefs. I mean, like your worldview, how you how you view, view business, how you view, you know, all kinds of uh, all kinds of things like that. And uh, anyways, yep. How's your morning? Yeah, dude. Like, so you can work with somebody. So, for instance, there's a low voltage guy that I work with consistently. But he's not involved in my business, right? Like, we don't have the same accounting. You know, we have two different companies. Um, and, and you know, he's in a partnership in terms of, like, you know, like a strategic partner. But not, like, he's my business partner, right? Does that make sense? Uh, yes, it, it does very much. Because I use other low voltage guys, not just him, but you know, he also does a really good job, you know, and I can trust his work. So I prefer to use him on every top. Well, I mean, in chat, as far as, you know, Paul says something like what has, uh, you know, light 
to do with darkness. Uh, it'll be best to avoid non-Christians in general without out, that outlook. I mean, not if I'm ordering food at a restaurant. I mean, you know, that's fine. Uh, Paul even talks about, you know, when you're uh, don't try to get away and judge this world or you'd have to you know, get away from the world to get away from its people. So, you know, in close connections and camaraderie and friendship and business, then sure, good advice as much as possible, you know, stick with your own. But if I'm buying a newspaper from someone, I'm not going to not do that just because like they're an atheist that I will never know. I'm just like, here's a dollar. Give me a paper. So um, to some degree, I get it. Like the discussion yesterday, like I'll hire an atheist, you know, like to work for me. Um, if they're the best person for the job, because, you know, they're working for me. They're not making decisions in the business that I have to abide by, you know? And then, I mean, to the larger point, um, <laughs> to the larger point, like I just, man, I continually like relying on other people just less and less. Like, I, I don't know if I have a knack for like finding just, how do I say this Christ like? junk humans, but th I don't know. I don't like it. Like, I, I don't like having to rely on other people for anything, even if it's not a dispute or an argument. Like, I just don't like having to, you know, wait for answers, wait for response times. Like I, it it's, makes me crazy. I, I think I have to uh, make it in this life as a solar person or, you know, a homeless person. Like I can't, I can't deal with people on, you know, things that I super, super have to rely on. Uh, let's see. What is the difference between Christ Jesus and Jesus Christ? No difference. Same same person. So Christ oh, you already answered. his messianic title. And so when you see, so I guess there would be a slight difference. It's the same person, but like, you know, there's the messianic title of, of Jesus is Christ Jesus. Um, so there you go. Does that answer the question or is that too vague? Yeshua HaMashiach. There you go. Also, same person. So what discussions are you coming from today? Are you busy? Are you eating breakfast? Sorry. Um, so discussions today. I um, I was just chatting with um, some of the uh, boys, the you know those teenagers that uh, are Christians. Tyler and what. Anson. Tyler and Anson and those cats. I don't know who you're talking about. Um. Let's see. Wow! Uh, I should get out of this room more. Oh, by the way, where's Bubby been? Has he fallen off the face of the earth? He's okay. Um, he's just had some problems with some folks on here, so he's sticking to the political rooms. Oh. Was he not the right kind of Christian for some? Right, exactly. Oh, boy. You know. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to con I'm gonna just condemn everybody that doesn't believe exactly the, you know, 74 things that I believe. Why do people, like, run off Clubhouse from that? 
Because it can be really hard, man. People that you've regarded as your friends for a really long time are suddenly like anathematizing you, anathematizing you because you don't agree with them. I mean, oh, so they're like friends, not just randos. And if they were friends, then yeah. at what point did it change? Like, I think he's been pretty consistent in his beliefs for a while. So, like, at what point were his friends like, "Oh, I had no idea you believe this"? Like, I mean, if they paid attention at all, like, I mean, he hasn't really changed much, right? Nope. So. Okay, well, I'm just going to chalk that up to, you know, my crappy experience with humans, too, and put them in that pile. Right. I mean, that's... But, you know, they're they're 20, so everything is very... And I'm not disparaging anybody. I'm just saying, like, things are much more intense when you're younger, right? Well, I mean, you're pretty intense some days. <laughs> but I mean, like, emotionally intense in terms of, like, sure. taking offense, you know. So... I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I think there's something to be said for um, there's just something to be said for age, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, it's easy to say from the perspective of us wise old owls. I guess you're wiser and older than some. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I don't know about wiser. I'm just definitely older. Are you 50? I am so 50. 50. Man. I am. Like one foot, half in the grave? or? Oh, yeah, for half, sure. Half into eternity? Oh, yeah. I I mean, I get ready to meet my maker every day. Because, <laughs> you know. I mean, is it a sign that things have changed when um, you're, like, looking forward to it? I mean, you know, as a good Christian, you'd have to say, I'm always looking forward to it. But when it's like, you know, some people are like, Oh, you know, I, I'm ready to go to my eternal home, but I want to see my children married, and I want to see this, and I want to blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, bro. Whenever I get like a cold now or a cough, and it's like, ah, oh, take me now, Lord. Ah, oh, I don't want to live anymore. I'm ready. I mean, man, that's <laughs> pretty harsh, dude. I mean, you know, man colds are a thing. Yes, yeah. I mean, you have a wife that kind of handles that, though, right? What takes care of my Colds? Yeah. No, she just like sends me memes about how bad men are complaining about colds while women like give birth and all this other stuff. And but like when men get like a little a little cough, they're like wrapped up in blankets with like heater pads and like all this other stuff. And yeah, so I, I get vicious mockery when I have colds. Huh. Wow. Does my wife take care of me? Wow. I mean, all right. She should probably talk to your wife if yours does. Let's yeah. just put them in touch. Yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, my wife is my wife is a saint. Like, and not in the ironic Catholic way. <laughs> Rab, does uh, does Mrs. Mrs. I don't know, Scuttle? Scuttle? I was trying to I was trying to work yeah, I was trying uh, to work a Scuttle. rabbit woman reference yeah. in there. Does she take care of you in the rabbit hole? She would you fall but Ill? I was she would, but I was raised, um, my mother totally didn't like babying any kind of illness or injury at all. So it was always a tough it up, suck it up, move on, get back. Like, uh, I would go to school every day, no matter how much it would infect the other children. I was going to school, <laughs> period. 
So yeah, it was a horrible thing. Like I would be like, there were multiple days like my brother had been throwing up all night. So they sent him to school with a, with a bag. Like here's, here's, a, here's a, if you start vomiting on the way, here's a bag for you to throw up into. So yeah, no. So because of that, I, yeah, I know because of that, I learned never to like, just deal with it. So like, I think my wife would want to take care of me. And my problem is I can't stand that she wants to be taken care of when she's sick. She's like, you know, like, come on, move on. We're all suck it, suck it up. Let's move on. Like, you were raised by a horrible person. Why are you doing this to me? So, yeah, so. <laughs> Would you say uh, your mother's treatment of you is why you believe there is no existence of a god? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Man, now we're getting into some deep psychology. <laughs> Boy, it's right there. <laughs> Jeez. Or not? Just kidding. I, I, no, mean, yeah, wow. yeah, I don't think yeah. so. No, I don't think so. It, like I'm, I'm not, now, I'm wondering: is it so? Like I, I had never put those two. Th- I had never put those two things together. But you, you never know. I'm sure. Like it's a, it's a tapestry of my. Man, good job, Nate. You're just like plumbing the depths today. Well, maybe this is from my wife's harsh treatment when I have a cold. She's like, "Suck it up, weenie." <laughs> Uh, which is why I maybe I think there there must be a more merciful God in this universe because my my wife is the the lack of mercy. <laughs> Man, it's getting real today. <laughs> all right, well that's all I got. <laughs> all right, yeah. Gee whiz! Did you get your workout in today, Reb? Doing it now, finishing it up with uh, the strength part of it. You do the thing with like the ropes, how you like twirl the the big heavy ropes back and forth. I have done that. This gym doesn't have those, so I don't do that here. Um, I've been like right now. I'm. I call them big heavy ropes. ropes. (laughs) I I don't know what they're called. So I know what you're talking about. I call yeah the big heavy rope things. Um, Yeah, right now I'm playing around with the kettlebells and uh, trying to do the lunges. Oh, lunges suck. I have bad knees. That's why you have to do lunch. That's why you have to do lunch. (laughs) Welcome, Victoria. Hey, Joanne. Saint. Feel free to jump on stage and join us. I would like to say today I've been in an ordinary mood, um, and that's totally on me. And I apologize if I if I start getting all whiny or whatever. Just please move me down to the audience because I don't mean to bring oh. negative vibes to a room. But I've just been in a, like a little. What are some of the shenanigans you have visited upon Clubhouse because of this? Let's see. I tried to godless scroll godless, and then I Agamemnon to Agamemnon. And it's, it was in both cases, my behavior was annoying me. And I, <laughs> jeez. All right. Well, someone give us a question or we can crack open Rab's head and here, Rab, lay on this couch for us and tell us about wow, your, yeah. and your, tell us about Rab your mother. Scuttle, show us on the doll where all these <laughs> atheists hurt. <laughs> Oh, here's a saint. We can talk to him instead. 
Nick Allen. Hey, hey, Saint. Slightly different than um, the the Saints in the Catholic Church, but also slightly different than uh, Chris's wife, uh, a Saint. I, I hope so. Slightly so different, at least. You're somewhere in between those Saints. What's up, Saint? Hey, not much. Uh, yesterday, like, Matt Suck and I were chatting in chat about God uh, commanding us to be perfect as he is perfect. Uh-huh. And the chat got shut down. And it's it's my understanding that God tells us to be perfect because it's something to strive. Like, that's what we should be striving for every day. Just like when God tells us, like, do not lust after women. Like, we should be striving every day not to, to lust after women. Uh-huh. But what... What, what do you guys believe, especially Chris, like, what do you believe God, why God said to be perfect as he is perfect? So, so the whole thing about being perfect as he is perfect is about positional righteousness. Do you know what that means? I don't want to go on until I, we establish that you know what that means. Uh, what do you mean by very good. Okay. So positional righteousness is the idea that when you become a Christian, that you get the perfection of Christ. He gives you his perfect life to stand in for yours and you give him your sin, right? So first Peter two twenty four, he bore our sins in his body, right? Um, and so when we talk about positional righteousness, we're talking about a specific kind of thing that has to do with um, our position in Christ. So when he says, be perfect as I am perfect, that's exactly what he is talking about. That used to what he said, Matt Slick. He visits sometimes. All right, go ahead, Saint. Yeah, because like Matt Slick was making it sound that we couldn't be perfect. So like we can't be perfect was his argument. And he used that scripture as something God telling us to do that we can't do. And that doesn't make sense to what you just said. That's exactly what, what that means though, is that be perfect as I am perfect. That is not able for us. We cannot attain that. Right. So when we talk about being... Well, I thought we, Go ahead. If we obtain that through faith in Christ, that would mean that we can be perfect, wouldn't it? Well, that's what Chris means by positional. Like, so, like, I mean, I mean, that's what Chris means. So, like, on our own, no, you can't be sinless, you can't be flawless. But, you know, you, you he talks about Jesus says your righteousness has to, you know, surpass that of the Pharisees, uh, you know, to get into heaven and all this other stuff. So, yes, like in Christ, you know, people will say, like, you know, when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. You know, it's a way of saying Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus fulfilled everything on your behalf. So it's like, you know, Jesus is Jesus is your sacrifice. Like Jesus is your fulfillment of the law. And because he is perfect, then, you know, in a way, God sees you as perfect when he sees you. Not because you, the sinful fleshly man, is perfect, but because you accept the sacrifice of Christ, making you perfect in the eyes of God because of Jesus, not because of you. So positionally, you're righteous, you're perfect, but realistically, no, you can't be sinless on your own, you can't be perfect on your own, you'll fail every time. 
I mean, you know, don't believe me, try it. <laughs> um, I've probably felt like 20 times this morning, but yeah. Does that make sense? Saint? That's what we're talking about. So it's, so it's also, it, so it's also the, the way that Jesus was talking to the Pharisees to get them to understand that their self-righteousness was literally not something that would ever get them to heaven because they thought, you know, that they could be righteous by following the law. And what Christ was trying to point out was that it doesn't matter what you do to try to follow the law, you will fail. So when Jesus tells us to be perfect as he is perfect, you're saying that means what exactly? When God, when Jesus commands us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father in Heaven is perfect, what what does that mean to you exactly? When He it means says follow that, Christ. follow Christ, accept His sacrifice, you'll be perfect in the eyes of God. Jesus fulfilled everything for you. Jesus is making you perfect in the eyes of God. So, I mean, the simplest possible terms: be a Christian. Right. So, but your so when He says never going to be perfect. So when he says be holy, you're saying just it it really should just say have your faith in Christ. No. That's what you get in it, right? Because that's what you relate this to is strictly to faith in Christ as our holiness, right? No. Okay. No. So be holy as I am holy means like obey, like would um, not no, lusting after women fit into be holy as I am holy. Wait, we keep having this conversation about works, right? And works in terms of sanctification are what we will do because we have a grateful and changed heart. Okay? It has nothing to do with our ability. It has nothing to do with the ability that we have to perfectly or imperfectly follow Christ, it means that we've gotten a changed heart. That is literally what the gospel is about. When we start to try to add things to that, that's when we get in trouble. Well, that's what, that's why I'm specifically asking you, like when it says, be holy as I am holy, would that include not lusting after women? You're not or is that it. not what it's talking about? Is it talking about... You're, you're just not getting it. You have no ability in and of yourself to not lust after a woman. You have zero ability to do that. So, so, when, so then when God tells us not to lust, he doesn't mean it because he's the only one no, who no, can make no, it. You right? still don't get it. You're just not getting it. I don't know how else to explain it to you, but I think that the problem is that you just don't understand the, the, <laughs> you're not understanding how Christianity works in the most basic way. Well, it just, okay. I mean, it seems listening. I mean, it just seems like a severe overthinking. Like, you know, I've, I've known some other people and I guess it's just like their personality. Maybe like, I, I don't even think over analytical. I would put myself in that category, but like just you're overthinking, like trying to, trying to be accurate and in so doing 
you start turning over rock after rock after rock. And whenever you run out of rocks to overturn, you just start digging up ground and saying you're overturning rocks. I don't know if that's helping or not, but it just seems like you're, you're really overthinking to a fault. So what, what does be holy as I am holy? What is he saying there? And he set apart I want to like be specific. And that would include not lusting, right? Obeying all of his commands, right? Yeah, or no. I just don't understand. I don't know how else to put it to you. You're just not going to get it. I think it's been hidden from you. I mean, you know, without being all gloomy and doomy, I would say, I mean, I, would, I get what Chris is saying, but I, I would like to maybe split the difference. I'd be like, no, you shouldn't. Like, if I, I don't know. Like, if you're, if you're base level trying to be a Christian, and, well, first of all, if you are a Christian, you are saved, and you are trusting Christ, then, you know, if you are saved, none of this discussion matters. You're saved, and you're good with God, whether you know it or not, or think it or not, or believe it or not. Um, you know, if you, if you believe Christianity 101, then all this other stuff should assuage you because it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong about, you know, is uh, having a lustful thought, should you try on your own to suppress it? Should you rely on, should you be like, lust is fine, and then trust God to let you know that lust is not fine and take that from you? Um, no matter how, how you dice that, if the act is you're not doing these bad things, um, even if you have a temptation now and then, whatever, if you're a new creation in Christ, then that's all that ultimately matters. The other stuff will work itself out, even if you're kind of like going back and forth, like, what about this? What about this? How can I be perfect? Jesus is perfect, but I'm not, I'm not perfect. Can I be perfect? I should try to be perfect. I mean, you, you can take that to the grave and still show up in heaven. So I, I don't know if that's comforting or not. But um, I would say, no, you shouldn't go around lusting and being like, well, I can't help it. So I'm just going to lust. Wow. Look at that. Here I go. Lusting away. Um, I mean, you should, yeah, you should not or, do that. Or say, it's not my fault. It's God's not making me do it. Makes no sense to me. Right. And all of his commands. Like the Bible says that it's hidden from you. I think that you have not properly repented and believed. I think that you're trusting your own righteousness. And I think that that's the base problem. I think that it's been hidden from you. And you simply aren't going to understand the gospel until God reveals it to you. No, I, I, mean, would, I would that. never call it. That just I'm shows sorry, me just, how ignorant you are. No, I just because I would never you. trust in my own words. I, but never that's exactly for salvation. That's exactly well, what you're doing that's right I, now, and that's and that's what, the problem. What you're that, claiming for me, you actually are doing. You're misguided. Is this yeah. like the bub, is this like the bubby thing again? How like different Christians are saying different things? No, I just like, there's, there's got to be a middle ground he's somewhere. Actively rebelling against the gospel. And I think that how? that's the problem. Huh? Uh, how exactly? I mean, I guess you've talked a lot more than I have, but I just see it as like really, really, really questioning to a fault. I don't know if I'd say that's actively rebelling. I mean, unless you know something I don't. I mean, I, because he, he wants to trust, he wants to trust his own power and sovereignty for the kingdom. No, that's and a he lie. Will not, that's he a will, lie. He just, does he want to do I, that? I, I, or I does just, he just want to like, understand more stuff no i i, I no, mean I, I can't i, I also i want to obey because i know what happens when i don't i backslip right like and you I guys think, purposely a, try to slander me and everything else the gospel that's my problem what's your problem you cut out there that, well that is a complete misunderstanding of the gospel that's the base problem uh, what's the misunderstanding? The backsliding thing? 
No, the, the, the idea that he wants to obey because he knows what he's like when he doesn't, that, again, that is the base problem, is the, is the fear of the backsliding because it's a different thing. It has nothing to do with love of Christ. It has everything to do with love of self. And, and I think that that's what, that's the conclusion I've drawn, Saint. Like, you continually straw man the positions that everyone has explained to you ad nauseum for hours at a time. No, I don't, you don't get it. Like, I don't love myself whatsoever. I try to deny my flesh all day, every day. I try to take all my thoughts captive throughout I, my entire and day. That is exactly but then you come here and you slander me saying that all I care about is myself. When that's the least of all my worries. When I work, I put my company above me. I put my customers above me. Everybody. Like, you're you're totally slandering me, and it's purposeful. I'm trying to help you. I, I, I'm, try, I'm genuinely trying to help you the same way that Jesus was trying to help the Pharisees. And, and, and again, I the only thing I can think is that... So what, what just... behavior do I exhibit that puts myself selfishly above anything in any way. I mean, for what it's worth, I'm just going to say you question things to a fault, but that's where I would stop. Well, yeah, and I asked the question, I told you exactly what I believe about what that verse says, because Matt was arguing me about it, and what Chris said, like, this was an honest conversation on my part, and then I get attacked. I'm not but, attacking you, man. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do You just said that I'm selfish. I don't know the gospel. Like, you, all you've done is slander me, dude. You always do it. You're 100% purposely disrespectful to me. And it is it is what it is. Not, that's God not bless. what's happening here. And again, I think that this has just been hidden from you. I think that, I think that uh, you know, you, there's, there's a repentance that has to occur that you are just unwilling to do because of pride or whatever it is. I, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not going to try to diagnose it, but you know, there's, there's definitely something going on there, man, that you just need to reflect on and think about. Um, because I, I mean, you know, so well, what is it? Over what is it that I'm doing wrong? Well, he said what he didn't it, know, Joe? but hang on. Well, he said he didn't know and he wouldn't diagnose you, but Joanne and Babda Costal also came up me. I'm wondering if they came up to, uh, be a part of this conversation. See if they have anything to jump in for you. Did you I, join? I did. Uh, I think if we're not following Christ, it's impossible to. We have to put Christ first above everything, above our spouses, above our children. We have to love him most so that we can love others correctly in his way amen amen and, and i think that we're all selfish to a degree but we want to and and i'm not saying in ourselves work on this but ask the lord to help us with that and um matt slick him and saint please don't take this as i'm attacking you because i'm not but he says he falls short all the time and he has to ask the Lord to forgive him. And I can't, I can't speak as a man on lust, but 
something that he also suggests is that when he's tempted, he stops and he looks at that lady and he thinks, that's somebody's sister, that's somebody's daughter. How would I feel? That's maybe somebody's wife. How would I feel if God, I mean, it, if another man was looking at my wife or my daughter in that way? And it's biblical, do not lust. I believe it's biblical that lust in the heart is the same as adultery. So we need to stray away from not just lust, whatever the the sin in your life is. And the only way we can achieve that is through Christ. Uh, Felix, did you have anything also to say? Um, I just, I guess I was just going to ask, um, shouldn't we look at what the text means by perfect before we start assuming it's talking about the perfection we understand, like as we understand perfection. Well, that, yeah, and I, we should. And I, I mean, I think mm-hmm. we, I thought we tried to explain that several times, but I mean, you know, the context talks about, you know, well, go ahead. You're going to say it, but go ahead. I agree with no, you, Felix. No, no, I, I, that's all I was going to say. You, you can go ahead and. Uh, yeah, let me just, uh, yeah. So it's not talking about flawless or sinless because clearly no one can achieve that. Uh, but it's talking about, you know, being like God in our thoughts, our words, our deeds. And it's having this elevated, you know, uh, above the righteousness of the Pharisees, which is exactly what Chris was talking about. And, you know, like in our own power, we cannot do this. I mean, just like in our own power, we cannot save ourselves. We'll never be holy enough. We'll never be righteous enough. We'll never be perfect. Like, I mean, that's the standard. So the only way to do it is through Christ. Um, and then there's lots of ways you can say that that will have different people pronouncing heretics upon different people. But I mean, there, there's lots of ways to, to acceptably mix and match that wording. So that's that's at its base. So then if you want to say, well, I'm going to be perfect because I follow or because I'm a Christian. I mean, well, I'd stop short of the heretic marker and say, OK, even though that's how you how you put it in terms, you know, it's really not you at all. It's it's Christ. But yes, you know, you are a Christian. Is it because you made yourself a Christian? You tried to follow Christ. Christ made you follow him. Like you can mix and match that, however. But the point is, if if Christ has saved you and it's his righteousness, then that's positionally perfect. That's positionally righteous. Just like, you know, Chris was talking about that I agreed earlier. Um, I mean, I, I and that's where I kind of run out of road because it's like we've, we've explained this. So there, there's really nothing else to say. Like it's it's like we've reached the end of the road. So the only thing to say is, you know, you disagree with us and then, you know, find your own path. But being as biblically accurate and honest as we can, that's that's it. Like there's nowhere else to go. I mean, that's like talking about the rapture and being like, well, what is the rapture? And it's like when people were taken away from this earth. And it's like, okay, but what about this? It's like, well, we've reached the end of the road. Like the culmination of the rapture, not talking about the millennial and stuff like that afterwards, but like the actual rapture, the, you know, taking away of people. Like when people are gone, that's the rapture. There's nothing else to talk about. There's nowhere else to go. So when it says be perfect as I'm perfect or, you know, be holy, uh, like we're, I'm holy, like there's nowhere else to go. Like when you say, well, this is what holy is. This is what perfect is. There's nothing else to say except just repeat that over and over and over. Um, and that's what we should strive for. O- obey God to the fullest. So and when, when you, you say, fail, you, oh, yeah. you repent. When you fail, you repent. 
you get back up and you you keep trying to deny yourself. You intentionally see where you're failing and you put an end to it. So I think it's that strive word like that, that's like the trigger for Chris, I think. I mean, you know, it hits me a certain way too, but you know, I, I don't disagree. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, when you know better, try, try to do better. Like, you know, when you, when you feel convicted, if you think, you know, like swearing is not a big deal before you come to Christ. Then after you come to Christ, you swear like a sailor, you're like, ah, you know, something, something tells me that's, that's not great. I, I don't know why can't pinpoint it. And then you find out in the Bible that you read it and it talks about you like, you know, you shouldn't even have any unclean communication come from your mouth, any. So that's not even swearing. That's just like bad stuff. And then it's like, okay, well, how many times do we fail that? Like, I, I mean, I fail that like quite often, you know, not even just the swearing stuff, but I mean, you know, stuff that isn't building up like communication. That's not, not building up other people. Like that's the bite. I mean, that's kind of what the Bible says. So it's like, well, you know, I strive to do better, but I mean, am I doing this like in my own might? Am I doing this? You know, am I just thinking, no, swearing is great. And just hoping that Jesus like changes my heart until I just legitimately have no desire to do it. Um, like, what's the motivation? Like, what are you doing behind that? So, I mean, I could just as easily, you know, join your camp and be like, yeah, when you say you strive, yeah, I strive too. I get it. I get it. Um, you know, but I mean, ultimately, like woman be, said, uh-huh. the woman says, you know, like he, Matt Slicks tries to realize that that's somebody else's daughter. Like, that's what exactly what I'm talking about. Like when you, you're doing something wrong, you know, it, you would be intentionally then trying to visualize the woman in a different manner. Like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But somehow when I say it, red red flags go up. I just don't know why. It's because it's because you keep you keep looking for strategies to be better instead of trusting Christ that he is going to change the desires of your heart. What you need to be worried about is... Why am I still having all of these fleshly desires and why am I striving so hard instead of asking Christ to do the work for me? That's, well, that's the essential problem. I'm somewhere in the middle of that because, you know, I would put myself as a walking fleshly desire machine. Like, you know, I like my oh, comforts. If I, if yeah, I yeah. see like, I mean, if I see, you know, a, a hot woman at the beach or something like that, um, you know, I'm not just like, uh, God, take this away. And, you know, while I'm staring through binoculars at her, I'm just like, oh, well, you know, what can I do to, you know, not fall into some bad way? And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to look over there, you know, the shark eating the dog on the beach that no one's paying attention to. So, I mean, you know, like uh, if, so I, I don't get where you draw the line because hopefully you wouldn't be like, oh, you're not saving it. You don't get it. But I'm like, well, I'm actively doing something. I'm like averting my eyes. I'm like turning the other way. I'm like moving my chair on the beach. Not what I'm talking about. There's a, there's a heart position that I've come across with Saint a whole bunch. And and that is that he his motivation for trying to be good is so that he will not be bad. Versus Versus trying trying to deny fleshly desires because you love Jesus. It's a huge difference. Absolutely. And you know, Nate, I'm, to piggyback on what you're saying, the woman has a place in that too. She should not be on the beach causing someone to stumble. She should be conducting herself as a lady. 
Well, I mean, in a perfect oh. world, sure. And that's an that's I mean, that's an example. I rarely go to the beach, anyways. By the way, let's not tell my wife that I'm a walking fleshly desire machine. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, we're knows. all we're. But I mean, yeah, she already knows. But I mean, you know, we're I mean, we're all sinners. We're all fallen. So we all have stuff. Like maybe sometime, you know, some people it's it's gambling. Fortunately, I've learned early on I have really bad luck. So that's not a vice. I just stay away from it because you know. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, you know, like. Uh, hot men for women or hot women for men, or I don't know the Christian that follows Jesus, but they're like, yeah, I have to be celibate because you know, I'm gay. And if I had, if I had thoughts for anyone, it would be my own se own sex and that's bad. So, you know, everyone's got their problems and uh, you know, so even knowing to do good and not doing it, I mean, that's a sin. So the bar is really low for how, how sinful and how much fleshly desires we can fall into uh, and how easily. So, I mean, you know, in a perfect world, yeah, the woman would be like, Oh, I don't want to cause you to stumble. But I mean, you know, <laughs> chances are uh, your run-of-the-mill person at the beach is like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about God. I don't care about your God. I have a different God. Yeah, whatever, creeper, go away. So I mean, you know, in a perfect world, sure. Um, but in this world, we can't. We, you know, we have to put the onus on us. Um, we can't police the world. Um, we have to. We're responsible for ourselves. You know, if someone like, I don't know. I get what you're saying, Joanne, and I agree. In a perfect world, but you know, we. When it's between us and God, we're not going to be in a position to be like, oh, yeah, well, they made me do this. I mean, you know, they may share some culpability, but it's a moot point because you're the one sinning. You're the one doing it. It's it's on you. Um, it, it is. But uh, and now I'm old and I don't know why anybody would want to take a second look, but I've been young. <laughs> I've been young and I didn't always conduct myself on the beach or on the street or wherever. But now when I'm getting ready to go anywhere, I turn a circle in the mirror and think, is do is anything, my actions or my clothing, is it anything that would make a, someone stumble? Can I, can I make a few comments on here real quick? <clears throat> yes, uh, Felix, do you dress provocatively at the beach? No. Um, no. Yeah, go ahead. No. Um, so the, the thing with Saint, I'm listening to Saint. I'm listening to Chris. I'm listening to Nate. I'm listening to Joanne. And now, if Saint is, is wanting to live this, this uh, sanctified life because he wants to please God and, know, and, and, and just, just for that purpose, then I don't have a problem with him seeking to, you know, set himself apart more and more because it would mean it would mean he'd be you know um setting himself apart for christ you know he could serve christ with more freedom because if if he lived a worldly life say like a worldly life or a uh how do you say a person that's that's like engaging in um a, a licentious life is that what is that is that a word yeah right so then, that would that would cause a a a a, uh, a problem with him with him and his fellowship with Christ, you know. Um, but if he's if he's looking like, and I don't know if this is true of you, Saint, but I'm saying if you're looking to have this or reach this perfection that you say, um, or this sanctified holiness, which I don't have a problem with that. But if if it's because you think that your salvation depends on how you live in that sense in that regard then that would be a problem for, you know 
I would see it as a problem. Because yes, I do agree in sanctified living, holiness living. Yes, that's what pleases the Lord. And we want to do what, what pleases the Lord. But if we're doing it because we have a fear of affecting our, you know, like causing us to be, not be saved because we don't fully reach that perfection, then that would be a problem, I would, I would think. Yeah, and I, I would 100% agree to you. And just so I can share exactly some reasons why I focus so hard on obedience. And like what I've came up to is that if I'm able to keep all my thoughts captive to Christ all day, that's going to eliminate tons of sin. And when I sin, my family pays for it. My wife pays for it. It causes destruction where wherever it goes. So to me, I take it dead serious, and I intentionally work on it daily. I see where I fail. There's usually a pattern, and I start killing it. I never try to think that I can be righteous to earn my own own salvation. That's like Chris's slanderous talk to me. So, and so, so not at 100% all I'd see. never do it. I, I, I continue to say this. You do not understand the gospel. That is, my, that is my charge. You continue to try to be a better person, and it is because you somehow think that perfection and righteousness is attainable in this life. That's, that's the, now, if that's not true, then I'll stand corrected. But you seem to have this. Did I, did I just say and explain that? Or did I say that it affects my wife? It affects my child. It affects my work employees. It affects everybody around me when you sin. Everybody. Right. That is true. Never did but I what say. It, but your motivation, again, your motivation is the effects of sin, not the sin itself, because all sin is against God. And your fear, your fear, you're you're literally parroting the exact thing the Pharisees would say. I, I I don't know how more clear I can make this. Let me ask this: How how much do you depend on the Holy Spirit in this whole thing, Saint? Like, often, you, like, you, mm -hmm. like the way, like to me. Like, God's got promises. Like, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. And in my walk with God, that's 100% true. So, like, when I'm really pressing in, I'm, I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm doing what I should be. Like, throughout my history of that 10 years of walking with God, it's been 100% noticeable. And that also gives me passion to press in, to read, to sit in prayer, to... You know, like, even balancing out, you know, what I do throughout the day. How much time I'm on Clubhouse, how much time I'm listening to the Word. If I picked up any bad habits in the last three months, like, it's... So you just, you're just basically trying to discipline your life in such a way that um, you, can, you can sort of get a hold of these things that may cause you to stumble, right? Is kind of, that right? told me 100% everything in me instantly knew all my problems in life were a result of not obeying him. I can't fully explain it, but he, he showed that to me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that gave me passion to start reading. Sure. 
reading and doing what it says, and then I realized how strong our flesh is, how hard it was to quit watching porn, how hard it was to get over things. But then once I got free from them, it's like, oh my gosh, I was seriously a slave to that stuff. So then that gives me passion to let go of more stuff. And now I'm currently trying to be thankful in all situations, which is hard. And then uh, taking all my thoughts captive. I mean, that daily. sounds... I need, I, need, I need grace daily. I fail all day. And it's usually driving. It's like when I get offended is where I fail, so I'm figuring out where and stuff, so I'm, I'm doing all right. And I'm not trying to do it to earn righteousness like Chris or to any of that stuff. Did, did I, I, I just joined, so were you, I thought that you were saying you were an unbeliever. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I believe like 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. Well, so uh, it sounds like that when you do things that are sinful, it sounds like that you're feeling guilty, but guilt is not from the Lord. Uh, um, he will discipline you, but convictions from the Lord. So maybe he's convicting you. Clickety click. Is that a game you're playing, Nate? <laughs> oh, do you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Is anything I'm saying making sense? It is. I mean, yes. it is to me if, if he's yes. not answering. But I mean, like what what you said just now, I mean, sounds pretty good. And I think the only thing is maybe. Like, like, I would think Chris would agree to one level what you said. I think maybe the part that Chris, you know, not that he's the pope or anything, but, you know, I think maybe the thing Chris is having is the motivation behind it. And I would say, you know, maybe there's something to that. But what you're saying on the surface, like those are very practical things and you know the bible calls us to self-discipline and stuff like that to be mm -hmm. self-disciplined so i mean i would say yeah that's that's things i would agree with in my own life that i have done that i do that i try to you know make sure i don't uh you know fall back into again like all these safeguards so i mean i would say the, you know these are very practical steps so the only contention someone may have is if there's you know the motivation behind it which you know i'm gonna say i'll take you at your words between you and god but, you know, if other people, I, I don't know, have talked to you longer or feel like in Christian love, even though it may not sound like it, they're they're trying to maybe help you see something you don't see or something that I don't have um, enough time talking to you about. I, I don't know. And I, I think that um, and like like you're saying, in other words, you don't know me, Nate. You can't know my heart. I can speak all day and be speaking not the truth of my heart. But um, I think that as Christians, we love each other so much with God's love that we don't want to see other Christians fall. And saying, I don't know Chris, so I'm not taking up for him. But I 
and there may be a history, but I haven't heard him. Uh, I can't remember what your word was, but my word will be jump on you. Uh, I think it's that he wants to see you live fully in Christ. I think that's what all Christians want to see other Christians do. 100%. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Saint. I mean, again, we we've talked through this a bunch, and I just, you know, like I'm concerned for you. That's that's the way I'm going to put it. Um, you know that. Look, God gives us the desires of our heart, and look, your desire may be to serve Him, but the conversations I've had with you lead me to believe that your your desire is to just be a better person that that's what it sounds like. And again, I could be wrong, dude, but like, you know, the way that you, the way that you also, you have been, you have had certain things explained to you over and over and over again. And then you continue to repeat lies that somebody else has told you about those positions. Like that's disturbing to me. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're constantly telling somebody that they're slandering you, I think it's, I think it may be reflective of the slander that you put forth to other believers. That that's, that's where I'm at, man. That's what I've observed. And I'm just genuinely concerned about you. When you call me selfish, you tell me I don't understand the Bible. I work to, for like salvation and stuff. Like you don't think when you call somebody selfish, that's slandering them. And then I ask you to give me a reason. Everyone is selfish. And you say, and you I'm selfish. It. Nate is selfish. Joanne is selfish. Felix is selfish. Well, Every one of us are selfish. You call me out on being selfish. You did it. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry to offend you, but I think that I think, I think you that because you're slandering me, you're trying to make you're trying to attack me. Not attack. You do it. You do it often, and it's it's all right. I'm not going to stop like my heart to please God daily and to practice daily what he commands me to do and to, to grow in Christ. Cause another thing, man, is when you are, when I'm like really obedient to God and like just really pressing in, there's a piece of my life that is there and it's directly related to, to the obedience. And when I'm not, when I'm like having bad thoughts and stuff, like it's, I just feel gross. I feel icky. But when I'm like blessing those that persecute me and stuff, there's just like a lightness about me that it just feels, it feels amazing. And so I just have so many different reasons for obeying, obeying God in different areas of my life. And it's, hundred percent, everything that he commands us to do is for the good of us all. And I, I got a full grasp and understand that entirely. And, and I'm, I, I'm not going to stop. In the end, we just have to have our own personal relationship with God. 
And if we are of him, he will convict us. I think that um, we all use different words. And Chris called himself selfish. He called me selfish. I didn't take offense because I know it's the truth. We we have a selfish nature, selfish nature in ourselves, even as Christians. And we need to be accountable to other Christians and be saying, I am not talking to you. I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you. We need to be have a partner, a Christian partner that we are accountable to and that can say things to us when we may not see that we're stumbling. I want one of my fellow Christians that love me to come to me in love and say, Joanne, uh, Did someone get cut off? Hello? I think I made my point because Saint said amen, so I think I made my point. Yeah, and I, I fully, I fully, if I'm ever out of line, I fully accept correction. One of my favorite scriptures is only a fool rejects correction. There's been so many times in my walk with God that I had to be corrected. And maybe I didn't receive it at first, but now I I love correction. And when I say, Chris, why am I selfish? And he brings up my heart for to obey God. That is being slanderous. That's like that's, that's crazy. Not what I said. Not what I well, said. Okay, then why am I selfish, Chris? Why'd you call me selfish? Out of what was the reason you called me selfish? It is because you know, real quick, someone did a string of insults and called me a bad Christian and called me, um, let's see, multiple insults um, in a row. And we were talking about a topic and just food for thought. The way I responded, I would have loved to unleash a righteous tirade of indignation upon them. But I was like, you know, that's your opinion. And I'm not going to respond to that. And then I responded to the content that we were talking about. So internally, I'm like, I think that person's a garbage human. And, you know, I will pray for them and hope the best for them. However, it wasn't going to, I didn't see any good coming from engaging with them. So, you know, take that for what you will. But would we like to go back to the point of Jesus stuff or talk about Chris hurting your feelings and Chris being a little too Peter-esque and heavy-handed? Um, I mean, you know, I think we could pronounce fault both ways, but is that beneficial or did we want to talk about Jesus stuff? You're right. Do what you will, which is also the model of Satanism. So, you know, be careful with that. I leave it to you all. Don't try to use your. Well, I didn't mean to kill the discussion. <laughs> well, I don't want to monopolize, but um, I think that Matt Slick's Asperger's uh, really causes him. He isn't a social person, but I do believe that his heart is in the right place. And he takes a lot of flack 
from both Christians and non-Christians. But he, as much as he can with his affliction, and we all have them, they're just different. But he has a love for people and he wants to see them saved. Hey, Serendipity. Hey, Serendipity. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, I'm sorry. The uh, the conversation lives and dies with you, so make it good. Wow. So much pressure. I know. You guys were talking when I left. I came back in and everybody's quiet. We're looking for direction. Okay, you're all selfish. That's okay. <laughs> we are all selfish. That has a sting coming from you. <laughs> we can be done with it. All right, jeez. Oh, Lou, I invited you. <clears throat> What's up, Lou? What up? Um, maybe you guys could talk about something somebody was talking about the other day. It was an EO guy, and he was talking about how Mary hears the prayers of uh, of those who pray to her. I, w- I kind of forgot the scripture, so I'm kind of useless bringing this up. I'm hoping you guys will probably know the scriptures he used that was so out of context. It was horrible. Um, but do you guys know what scriptures uh, he used by any chance? About why we should pray to Mary? No, he was giving reason as to why Mary could hear a prayer. I think it had to do with... Wait, let me think for a little bit. You miss- and you said he was EO. That's funny. That reminds me of Wizard of Oz. Like, EO, 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 EO. <laughs> no? I, 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 was just, I was just struck by how... 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 Boyly how he out of that conclusion... Through the scriptures, and it was just, I was like, wow, man, you're really trying hard. Well, let's see if I can find it. I, I mean, I guess Chris and Saint can go back to fighting if there's nothing else. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, well, you know, Mary hearing the prayers of saints, that's a good one. Okay, hang on, I think I found something. <laughs> okay, so let's see. The, Chris, you, you already know what I'm doing. I can't stop. This is an addiction. This is my human fleshly failings. I'm, I'm hopelessly addicted to chat GPT. It's just so that's much boy. easier than Google. Okay. I mean, it's not bad for, for such a off-the-beaten-path question as this. The Eastern Orthodox Church believes uh, in the intercession of saints and the idea that they can hear prayers. Here are a few Bible verses in the Eastern Orthodox Church uh, that uses to support this belief. So I guess saints, Mary, could be included. Revelation 5.8. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp, a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Um, the verse describes the prayers of the saints being presented to God uh, by the heavenly beings, 
Hebrews 12:1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The cloud of witnesses referred to is in this verse, or the beloved, uh, are believed by some to be the saints in heaven who are watching and interceding on behalf. Uh, here you go. Here's one. Tobit. 12.12, when you prayed with tears, oh God, uh, shout out, baptize. When you prayed with tears and buried the dead, you left your dinner and hid uh, the dead by day in your house and buried them at night. I offered your prayer to the Lord. This verse comes from the book of Tobit, which is considered a deuterocanonical book by the Eastern Orthodox. It describes the archangel Raphael interceding on behalf of Tobit and presenting his prayers to God. it's important to note that the interpretation of these verses and the belief in the intercession of saints is a matter of theological interpretation and can be can vary among different Christian denominations. Well, amen to that. Lou, is any of those what you're talking about? The Hebrews revelation or surely not the Apocrypha Torbit? You should have just stayed up here. Yeah, no, Lou. it wasn't that, and I'm at work, so I, I have to... I have to get out so I don't force myself to speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, no, it wasn't that one. It was a, uh, it was kind of better, better one. If you if you just isolate it, you know, it'll work. Maybe, maybe, but it, it, it out of context, it was just horribly not the case. That's all. But sorry, I could I was trying to stir up conversation. That's all. Uh, serendipity. Why is Calvinism wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me count the ways. <laughs> no, she just she she decided. Oh wait, have you decided that you can go oh, against oh. your desires? <laughs> uh, 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 here, th- this is what I have decided. <laughs> yeah, okay. you talk about not being able to go against the heart, but <clears throat> essentially, I think that you're conflating the heart with with um will and I, they're not the same i think that okay. just, just show me how they're not the same well I, I think that like even if you look at the typology of the trinity you've got you know father son holy spirit um mind heart okay. and volition uh they're they're different they're different they're not one and the same it's a good try it not yeah. <laughs> It works. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Chris, what would what would the defeater for your position be? Much like how you will say what could disprove Christianity, what would your defeater to this position be? The defeater would be libertarian free will. So there's only there's yeah. only a couple of options. Like you can again, you can believe in libertarian free will, or you can believe in compatibilism, or you can believe in raw determinism. Those are your choices. So no, raw determinism is true. I'm sorry? <laughs> those are your choices. No, in like logically, just logically, those are the only choices. Unless you can come up with another choice, you know, you either have libertarian free will or you have compatibilism or you have determinism. There's no, you can't just say, well, there's another choice. We just don't know what it is. Like it doesn't make any sense, and so the so the the defeater for compatibilism would either be raw determinism or libertarian free will, and then you would have to instantiate libertarian free will, or you'd have to instantiate raw determinism, that God God has made us all robots, for instance. That's the Muslim view, for instance. 
So the Muslim you know, get a little, that God has made us all robots. I always get a little weird when people are like, well, you can't just assert that there's another thing that we don't know yet. Well, sure you can. Can you imagine like all the stuff we're going to be wrong about when, you know, it had to be this or that or exactly. that. And, get to heaven and God's like, and God's like, oh, well, hey, you're wrong about this. Oh, you didn't have this understanding. You're wrong about this. Like, <laughs> can you imagine how many things there's going to be other answers that we never would have thought of? Um, I'm not talking about answers. I'm talking about you've got in the in the logical framework that you're speaking of, you have to be able to instantiate something. We don't need no speaking but, logic. Okay, so I was, we can just, just go I against logic. Yeah, I mean the, that, that's the that's the that so the defeater for the for the compatibilist position would be libertarian free will. That's that's why there's been a debate between libertarian free will and compatibilism for 300 years because you've got to come up with something to be a defeater for the other position. Those two positions, after millions and millions of hours of people batting things back and forth, those are the two positions that are out there. But again, in your definition of libertarian free will, essentially the the premise that you hold is that you can't go against your heart. But uh, like I said, I... Right, libertarians would say you can go against your heart. That is the defeater for compatibilism. Right, but you say you cannot. Right, and logic says you can go against your heart. Why would libertarians say you can you can go against your heart because that's because their like only the, choice. The, that is the definition like the, of libertarian free will are, are you getting this because like you know the heart is deceitful and wicked but you're saying you can they're saying you can go against it because you can choose god is yeah. that the premise for them saying that well so but, so but, the, but then that is but the you, definition the very definition in of itself of libertarian free will is that you have freedom from all constrictions so there can only be three constrictions to your choices. The first is the force of the machine, which is somebody implants a computer chip in your brain. Okay, that's hard determinism, right? The second is the force of the gun. You will love somebody or they'll shoot you in the head, right? Or in the third is the force of the heart. And so what compatibilists are saying, the only thing that compatibilists are saying is that you cannot go against the desires of your heart the definition of libertarian free will, this is not somebody is putting this on top of libertarian free will or accusing libertarian free will of this. Libertarian free will, by definition, says that you can have freedom from any constriction to your choices, including your own heart, which is the seat of your will. Which is your volition. But you're, but you're it lumping... is your volition, it is your will, Yes. It sounds like you're lumping all people that think there's there's sort of like a freedom into this libertarian free will. Like it's like no two Calvinists are the same. Like you know, exactly. not all not all people have their free will explanation just the same. So like I mean, right? Well, they're just ignorant of the of the of the literature. That's all. I mean, Calvinists that disagree with me, that's fine. But like. There's an entire tradition of millions of written pages that's all the same. They just don't know the literature. So when you get an ignorant Calvinist that says silly things, like a John Lee, for instance, it's just because he hasn't read anything. And not that I've read everything. I've read, you know, I've read a lot. But like, I mean, just because people can't can't tell you what libertarian free will means doesn't mean that it doesn't have a definition. And so the literature says what the definition is, and everybody agrees on that that knows what they're talking about. 
And then, so I mean, any, words anyone, have me. So anyone, that, so anyone that says something like, uh, you know, I can choose to reject or follow God. That's my only choice. Or, um, you know, anything like that. You're automatically assigning everyone that has like some sort of error of free will or limited choice or anything like that into this camp of uh, libertarian free will, whether they want it or not, know it or not, believe it or not. Like that's the same as if, if, if they basically say the only free will I think I have is that God, you know, God is drawing a net far and wide. He's casting it and he's pulling me. I can choose to respond that or I can choose in the affirmative or negative. Mm -hmm. You're saying libertarian free will, just like someone that would take, just like someone that would take a much more, um, I don't know, radical view of free will or limited choice or something like that. Right. I'm not saying that that's literally the definition of, of libertarian free will, what you just said. That's literally the definition. I'm not telling you that's the definition. Libertarian free will is saying that is the definition of itself. Words have meanings. All I'm saying is this is what this means. You can agree with it or disagree with it or not like that it's got a label, but that is the label. It's the same thing as like, you know, when we talk to, you know, whatever, non-Trinitarians and we're like, look, the Trinity is a thing. You know, and they're like, no, nah, you believe in three gods. And I'm like, well, you just don't understand the Trinity. And they're like, I perfectly understand the Trinity. You believe in three gods. And you're like, okay. You know, like, it's the, it's the exact same thing. So, like, well, th- well, that's I, all. I mean. Well, personally, I, I like the compatibly thing because yeah. it just, it, it makes us go away. And it leads to you calling people ignorant uh, much, much less. So um, I don't know if that's if that's my holy work before God um, to, to keep Christian brothers from calling others ignorant and stupid. But, um, you know, I'm going to where I called myself badge. ignorant this morning. Like I was having a discussion with one of those teenagers. And and I, that's kind of like, I don't know what that I'm means. Selfish. I'm completely ignorant, you know, and I was like, bro, I'm completely ignorant. Can, I, I don't want to remain in my ignorance. Can you send me a book title that I can read that will educate me? It was about it was about um, a, a very. Yeah, it was about, yeah, you were in the room, right? So, I was. So I was. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so I said, look, I'm ignorant about this. I just don't know. Can you help me? And this kid is like 20 years old and I'm 50 and I'm like, hey, I'm going to come hat in hand and be like, look, I'm ignorant. I don't know this. Can you tell me more about it and give me a book I can read? That's all. I mean, ignorance is not bad. I mean, ignorance is just something well, no, you shouldn't I mean, be uh, proud of well, ignorance. No, we're not talking about ignorance. We're talking about the spirit in which it's said. So, for example, you know, I'm ignorant of that conversation. I just don't know. Or, Chris, you know, I think, you know, you have ignorance in this area because, you know, you didn't read this and blah, blah, blah. Versus you're ignorant. It's, yeah, I as, do get you know, irritated as a great, sometimes. As, as a right. great prophet, uh, Godsmack <laughs> once told us. Um, don't want to be blasphemous. But, um, you know, it's not, what you, it's, it's not what you say. It's just in the oh, way. You say it. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I mean, I can be a jerk. It's always in how you say it. But I can be. A jerk. I mean, that's like the. I'm trying to be a jerk thing. less. That, well, meh, in the love of Christ. <laughs> but, it's okay. I mean, that's I that's like the, that's like how you say it's a catch twenty two, and you can't like get away from that. You know, you you can't do anything other than what your heart does, and then you know your evidence is well, if you did it, that's because your heart said it, and it's like this just assertion you're positing. It's like the same way the compatibilism thing. It's like. Well, fine. If you want me to say that God totally dominates people to do exactly what he wants, um, but it lines up with what they would totally do 100% on their own if he didn't, well, then, I mean, you may as well, like, for practical applications, you know, it's free will, do what you want. But then, technically, when a Calvinist asks you, 
Be like, okay, no, no, no. Actually, God totally ordained that. But if he didn't totally ordain that, I would have done the exact same thing. So it's so like kind of watered the watered down about the free will versus determinism that it's a, it, it renders it moot to a good right. thing. It's a good thing it does that. I know. And that's why Jonathan Edwards ended this debate 300 years ago, but we still want to have it because we don't want to read. That's my point. Uh, I'm just saying. I know. What are we going to do with him? (laughs) We're going to call on Michael, the Canadian atheist, to save us. Good morning. Hey, Michael. You know, every every once in a while, I get to come in and have a little bit of a poke. Um, and in 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 the interest of how ignorance was just shared, Chris, I would like to cure some of your ignorance on the, on a subject. Um, words do not inherently have definitions. Language is a social contract, um, and there is no such thing as words mean X. Um, this is widely accepted. Um, we we have we have shared agreements on definitions, but that's why, like in conversations, especially when you're having a conversation with someone that you disagree with, um, it's important to sometimes clarify terms. So, um, 100%. yeah, that's a thing. No, no, and, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, and so, I guess the problem would be how quickly can that social contract change? I think the, uh, uh, I think uh, the debate is going to be there, right? Well, yeah, and it's interesting, right? Because, um, and uh, uh, I overheard a conversation uh, not too long ago with uh, with a couple of people who had, you know, obviously differing worldviews, and and uh, and uh, so the the conversation kind of went, you know, what does the word bad mean, right? Um, you know, because you talk to you know certain people, and some people say, oh, you know, that's badass, right? That doesn't mean it's not good. That means it's really, really amazing, right? And so. And so these social contracts can change over time. Sometimes it can take a, you know, a small amount of time and sometimes it can happen pretty quickly. Like we all know how quickly memes can, can be a thing, right. And, you know, can affect our way of thinking and and how we communicate. Um, So that that was interesting. And then the other thing um, uh, Nate said just a, just a moment ago, and now I've forgotten it. Um, He said something that was interesting and I was going to just kind of comment on it. No, no, no. It's gone now. My, I, I had to go back to work today and my brain's not ready for that. So it, uh, it's filtering out all of the nonsense and yeah, that's unfortunate, but. Dang it, Michael. Next time, remember what you need to say my phrase is about. I, well, I'm driving. (laughs) Normally I I do write stuff down. The official position of asking Christians don't text and drive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) No, but I, I do think it's I do think it's interesting. And so and one of the one of the things that I, I enjoy talking about with people sometimes is, you know, is how we can come to these kind of, you know, different understandings. And when you have I, I think when it comes down to a lot is whether or not someone, you know, is taking a good faith um, position in a conversation. Right. So, you know, if there are people who are, you know, just obstructionistic to trying to, you know, lay out terms and to, and to come to an understanding so you can move a conversation forward that's when I just piece out of the conversation. Like it's not worth talking to you. Um, but you know, hope I, I haven't experienced that in this space in particular on clubhouse. Um, but I have experienced it in, in other spaces. Anyway, that's my two cents on that. Oh, continental. What's up? 
Hello? Hi. Um, I was wondering, like, if God is all-powerful, can he make a rock so big that he can't lift it? And this has been your Ask a Christian podcast for today. <laughs> <laughs> so the Christians can't answer that paradox. Uh, Who wants to take it? Can you tell this big boy to stop laughing so heavily? No. no that, one can that had me almost ready to drive my off mirth. the road. No one can cease my mirth. Um, Are you being sizest? Right. Can you uh, answer Chris, the question? Like can I can answer you... your question? No. You, you um, have because... to understand that we get this like a thousand times a day. You can't expect us to just take some dude that rolls in. He's like, can you answer it? Blah, 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 blah. Like, give us a little break. Like, we'll get around to it. I mean, except Chris just said no. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> so you can't answer the question. Yeah, you're the you're the smartest person in the room. Thanks for reminding you're us. You're the biggest one. Oh, I, okay. Chris, I mean, body I, fat percentage. Are, do you know him, or are you looking through his window? No, I don't know. I mean, oh, do you want to do you want to come over child. to my house and be my personal trainer? Or? I know him I mean, now since I've joined the room. Now I know his thing. information. Oh, okay. So can this dude with body fat make a rock so big he can't move it? Yes, no. I can. So Christians can't answer the question? No, we're just completely ignorant and dumb. You win. Oh, Great job. How it is. Do, do you do you know what do you know what a, do you know what a category error is? How is it a category error? <laughs> Well, now, now, Chris. So, like, all the, so now, okay, Chris. So, wow, that is a little you too much. You hear like the though. fat in his throat when he's laughing. So, I want to know how it's a category. To, that, to all the, um, all the people who are now thinking that Christians have never had this question before. And well, I want him to spell out how it's a category error. That's what I want him to do. I, I think he's heard that word. And he's just throwing it around like a buzzword. No, man, you're the smartest guy. I in the think room. actually the cholesterol in your bloodstream is affecting your rational faculties. That's the inference I'm making. I'm sure that's the case. I think so. Yeah. So, Chris, you've been you called out the fat, cholesterol-ridden, and you know, I mean, if you want to entertain this guy, like, please go ahead. I mean, I'm, good. I'm actually. I'm actually ahead, really Michael. perplexed by this. Like, is this a serious question? Like, it, like, I, I'm, I'm stumbling and stammering because I'm just kind of walking now in a store, slack jawed at the question. Um, I, I don't necessarily, Chris. I would say I don't necessarily think it's a category error because, like, like typically, like, like a category error might be, you know, saying like, you know, um, oh, I saw this not too, not too, re- not too uh, recently. You know, like, uh, the number two is blue, right? Um, so that would be like a category error. So I'm not sure that it's a category error. I per, like, I'm like, why, why is that I'm, an example I'm, a category error? The number two is blue. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm not a philosopher. Like I, like I said, but like, I, I'm so not, like, 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 I'm but a, the question is like, why are you I'm talking on your about side. it? I, I know you are, side. but it's like, why, like, it's not just you, but Chris as well. Like, if you don't understand these concepts, why are you trying to talk about them? 
Well, like I said, well, I mean, I'm talking about it because it's a social room. But anyway, like I, I'm on your side. I think this stuff is all, all made up. But I mean, I, I don't I don't see this, the sense of the question, On to be honest. I just want him to spell out the category. He said it's a category error. Well, he asked if I know what a category error is. That's all I so asked. So what is a category error? Well, the implication is that presumably you think that what I said is a category error. Why else would you be bringing it up? What are you referring to? Clickety click. Yeah, you're the. Is smartest everyone man go ever is everyone been. googling? Uh, yeah, is everybody category googling right now? category <laughs> error? Yeah, that's fantastic. This is okay, so to answer, hang on, just to answer to answer the stupid question. Basically, it doesn't matter if you ask a Christian and they give an answer. You're gonna be like, ah, oh, got you. And then if you like thinking like God's defeated, but then there's like 20 other Christians with their own explanations that you're like, oh well, I guess there's an answer for everything. So basically, there is an answer for everything. If you get one Christian to give you one answer that puts God in this position, like we're speaking for the entire mind of God, that says, well, he can make a rock so big he can't move, but then like they'll explain it some way, or then you get to someone else that says, like, can't versus won't. Like, he could, but he won't. And then You're you'll saying have there's an answer for everything? Have... That's absurd. Hold on. So no, You hold on. Yes, you said there... something absurd. You put a muzzle on your face. Um, Put a muzzle on your daughter's face. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, this guy's fantastic. Okay, so with that, I mean, you know, there are people like Michael. <laughs> I fully believe you, Michael. When you say that, you know, you can, if you would espouse, I actually don't know if you've espoused it, but I'll espouse it for you. When you say you could be a good moral atheist without the belief in a god or gods, I would believe you. Um, however, you know, that dude, I do not believe. So you need Jesus. Y'all need Jesus. Anyways, so what I would say is yes, there is an answer for everything. Um, everything under the sun, there's an answer for. If you let me finish the next breath, it doesn't mean it's a convincing answer, and it doesn't mean it's a true answer. The point is, you're going to get answers for everything. You're going to get answers for probably stuff you would espouse as, I don't know, a demon atheist, not the Michael kind of atheist, but a demon atheist, um, unless Michael wants that title. But you would give answers, or someone else you know, would give answers they know are wrong just to win an argument. So because they don't have any scruples about honesty or integrity, so they would give answers that are answers nonetheless. They explain a problem. They explain a question, but they can be full of lies intentionally or not unintentionally. So the point is, if you want a Christian to explain, to answer a question, is, can God make a rock so big he can't move? You're going to get answers. You've already got answers. You've already Googled this and probably asked every Christian you've ever met this since you blame God for killing your goldfish. Um, so you know the answers. So that doesn't do anything, though, to speak to the truthiness of it. Like the Bible, you know, gives Christians what we believe we need to know, which, by the way, is Jesus. So, you know, note that. But whenever you want to talk about things the Bible does not speak to, like it tells us God is, you know, God is, has these omni properties. He's everywhere. He knows all things. He can do anything. He's God. He's the creator. Everything is sustained by his existence, even a rock, no matter what size. So uh, the things that then you want to ask, like off in the weeds and be like, ha, Christian, blah, 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 got you, got you. There is no got you. Like if our Bible like spoke to the specific question or the full mind of, of a, the deity we serve and then it was wrong, somehow demonstrable, then you would have a point. But the fact that, you know, our Bible has nothing to do with this. It's such a ridiculous point um, that there's nowhere to go other than to give you answers that even the Christians giving them can say it's logically consistent or it's reasonable. But we don't have God to come down from on high and be like, here, let me put myself in a dish for you. Yes. This answer is right. Or actually, Christians, you're wrong. I can't make a rock so big I can't move. Or here's how I can do it. Um, that's your answer. So there you go. Anyone else want to speak?
I, I almost I almost want to say something like, you know, the words expressed by Continental are, do not reflect those of the atheist community. I mean, it is good to see the occasional, uh, you know, when it's like, uh, this is not a Christian point. This is a fleshly why we need Jesus point. Uh, you know, the, the pain of others is sometimes enjoyable, kind of like misery and loves company. So, you know, whenever whenever Chris and Saint were fighting other uh, each other earlier as Christians, like the argument, it wasn't fun from the Christian perspective. I'm sure like there may have been some atheists who were enjoying it because, you know, it's not their barrel, not their monkeys. Um, so, you know, in reciprocity, when you have, uh, you know, atheists that don't necessarily see eye to eye, uh, you know, there is sometimes delight to be had in that. Um, oh, no, I, th I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's fair that you, you know, gain some enjoyments from uh, people with generally like-minded uh, worldviews, just disagree about stuff. I mean, and I've said this before, I mean, I've, I've argued with other atheists about the definition of the word itself. Um, so, you know, we, you know, we, the royal we, are certainly, you know, not without our, our problems. It, it just appear it just seems to me, and I have heard other people argue this before. Um, and even to me, it just kind of sounds like a silly argument. Like there are, like if you wanted to come in and kind of throw a gotcha moment at someone, there are better ways. Yeah, I was expecting the problem of evil, at least. It's like, Tell me about the problem of evil, God, man. That would have been better. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the be a better way would, and, and that's the thing, right? Like talking about ignorance, not in a, you're ignorant, but, uh, you know, my dear brother, you're so ignorant. It hurts me. I am hurt by your ignorance. So I mean, maybe there's a start. I think that's way. maybe um, where Michael was <laughs> at with that guy. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe that, maybe that's bad too. But I mean, you know, uh, the thing is, He's probably leaving now being like, ha, Christians couldn't answer this question. Therefore, God doesn't exist. When this has nothing to do with Christianity. The only way it's sort of like loosely related is we believe God is all powerful and, you know, can, can like make and do everything and exhibits these omni properties. So you have some sort of a logical experiment. But that's like, that's like what we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, uh, serendipity brought up Deuteronomy when we were talking about the different types of, you know, free will, determinism, compatibilism. And then, you know, there was that Hail Mary <laughs> full of grace. There's the Hail Mary that's like, well, maybe there's something in this realm of when we talk about things that are logical logical or whatever, or plausible, that there is another variable just because we don't have a handle on it yet. And then people will say, well, you know, logic as we understand it. I'd say, okay, fine. Logic as we understand it, yes, these are our options. But I'm still holding out a little bit that, you know, we may not know everything, that there may be like a, a, a more complete view of logic or more tools in the toolbox like instead of us opening, you know, those materialistic toolbox on the top shelf, by the time we, you know, fully realize, I don't know, our, our eternal existence and like all these dimensions or planes or whatever is out there. Um, now we see like, oh, this toolbox actually had four or five shelves instead of just the one we've been operating from. So it's in that interest, right? So like no matter what you come up with, there, there could always be something that we're like, oh, crap, we didn't know this at all. This changes everything. But yes, I mean, I agree, like, as far as we understand stuff now, sure. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not a logician. I'm not a logician at all. Um, but, I mean, my understanding, like, I mean, if you, if you look up uh, logic uh, in, like, the SEP, for example, it, it, it lays it out as a, as a language invented by people, right? So, again, it's another social convention. And 
you you might you you might like someone who's like super deep into the philosophy uh stuff like that you might actually be able to put together you know a syllogism of how what continental said becomes a a quote-unquote problem for uh believers um but it, it i don't know it, it's it it just seems to me just on the face of it to be a little bit silly and i think it uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say to that. The the whole thing just kind of makes me slap my head around. I mean, kind of like to to Chris's point. I think he was falling back on the you know it's not logically possible. Like I guess to my detriment, I like to play in their like dirty cat box too much. But I mean, it's it's not a logical scenario. Therefore, you know, just say why isn't God x two five? Oh, God isn't x two five. You can't prove that God doesn't exist. It's it's just like completely irrelevant and nonsensical. Like you're just assigning like you're just assigning random stuffs, like random values to things. So I guess if it's, is that where you're going, Chris? Kind of. I mean, it, a better way to ask his question was explain to me the logical continuity of the property of omnipotence. And then my answer would be, I can't because I can't conceive of what omnipotence even means. I think that we all owe each other respect. And Michael, I believe if I haven't misunderstood, you're an atheist, but you've been very respectful. But when we start name calling and ugly language and we are not being respect. Yeah, thanks, Joanne. Yeah, like I, I am I'm a pretty hard atheist. Like I'm I am convinced this stuff is all made up. But if if you're if you're gonna have, try to have conversations with people, the way to do that is not to start lodging, you know, um, insults at people. That's that's a really good way to to shut a conversation down. And it, I don't know, it just makes me think the guy was just a troll anyway. So who cares? He's gone. Oh well, I mean, there's something to be said. Like you know, I don't, I'm not a voice person, but I mean, the guy sounded like super sleepy or super high. So, I mean, that's probably, you know, not the, not the kind of playing ground you want to engage in, like, a philosophical, religious-type discussion. Like, hey, can God make a rock so big you can't move? Like, I I don't know. Am I being judgy? Is that a I Christian like, judgy? I feel like or the am I just... atheist wouldn't even be real kind to that guy, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, if he went into, like, EG's room or something, <laughs> she'd probably tear him a new one. I kind of would have liked to see what happened if, if Michael and he would have interacted more. Do you have any predictions? Um, he would have just ad hommed Michael. I think that's where it would have gotten to. Why is your snake so big? Why does your snake have so many <laughs> spots? You clearly don't know what you're talking about because your snake doesn't have enough spots. Yeah. I think, I think you know, had he said something like, why is your snake What's so big? What's the BMI on like that genetics. snake? <laughs> It has too much cholesterol. What the heck? Yeah. Like, dude, that yeah. guy went hard after you. You did not. Did like that snake there. get the jab? Yeah. Is your snake vaccinated? <laughs> oh god, it hurts. <laughs> I love a good troll. <laughs> so Steph, welcome. I was enjoying <laughs> it to be honest with you. I, I mean I mean until we, you know, started with the language, like, you know. No one's got time for that. 
I love the, I know you. I've been in the room for 30 seconds. I'm like, sweet. Uh, Steph, did you appreciate the AI Exodus imagery? The what? The AI Exodus. Oh, the Exodus. Yeah, no, that was a little, I, I, I was laughing until it got to the picture of Pharaoh's son and then I got sad. Got real, real. I actually just kind of glossed over that one. I saw the frogs just cracked up. Yeah, the frogs were funny. But then the picture right after that is the AI of Pharaoh putting his firstborn son to bed. I don't like that. That's sad. Oh, I thought that was Pharaoh's mom. That was Pharaoh? It looked like a chick. Uh, no, I think it's Pharaoh putting him... Maybe I should mi- misgender Pharaoh? Well, he does look kind of feminine. But listen, I don't think you should have kicked that guy. First of all, I was in the shower laughing so hard. I couldn't, you know, couldn't keep it together. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you have let... I mean, if private you, message him. Maybe you can get him back. Yeah, bring him back. No, no, I didn't. What was his name? Continental? Continental Breakfast. I mean, do control... <laughs> hey, Fury. Um, hey, guys. My good idea was that if you had let Chris engage with him a little longer, then maybe Chris would have gotten his anger out for the day and Clubhouse could have been a safer place. But you missed the opportunity. Oh, that ship sailed. That ship sailed. That was our. That was earlier. You missed it. Oh, what I missed this morning. What didn't you miss this morning? Man, it's been an eventful day, Steph. You just need to get your life together. Who did you listen? Last night was the first time ever that my baby slept through the night. So I am in, I'm invincible today. Yeah. Nine months. Nine months of no more than three hours of sleep in a row. Oh, I do not want to hear about the nine months. My kid did not sleep through the night for two years. That sounds like your fault. There comes a point where you put them in your room and you say, go away, right? And then they, they, it doesn't matter if they're sleeping or not. They cry it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you one of the ones that are like, here you go, little baby. Daddy's got you. Or were you like, nope, you're fed, you're changed, you're burped. Peace. That's the the way to do it right there. No. I I see Steph with her heart of stone can just like turn it Ah! off. Put that child down in the in, in the crib. You're no, giving what I, they want instead of what they need. I know. Exactly. I'm a I mean, I suffer. I'm, I'm sad, but then after two, it takes two nights of that, and the third night they go to sleep, and everyone's happy. You know. Do you have to? Do you have to lock your husband up? So far, like, so. Chain him down. What? Do you have to lock your husband up so he doesn't go hold the baby? He is a little bit nicer than me. Yeah, you have the correct assessment there. Yep. I'm going to just say nice has nothing to do with this. He's more of a nurturer than me. I'll put it that way. He suffers That's more shocking. than I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So shocking, right? <laughs> See, if you let Chris attack that atheist guy, this wouldn't be happening right now. I know. He wasn't going to. He was just going to, he was just going to like. I, I don't even know what he was doing. Toy like, with him like a cat does with a mouse. He wasn't I'm, engaging. I would have toyed. I would have toyed with him a little more. Hey, David. What's up, David? Hey. Uh, good morning, all. Yep. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if I could read a very short um, piece of text that my friend wrote regarding this question about can a God create a rock so heavy that he cannot lift it? It wouldn't take more than one minute. Sure. I want to hear it. Yes. 
Um, it is often asked, <clears throat> can God create a rock so heavy that he cannot lift it? There are variations, of course, such as can God create a being more powerful than himself? Or can God decree that he will no longer be omnipotent? But they are only variations. Um, so uh, to assert, it is asserted that the question can only be answered yes or no. If the answer is no, then God cannot create such a rock, and that therefore he is not omnipotent. If the answer is yes, then God cannot lift such a rock, so again, he is not omnipotent. It is then impossible for God to be omnipotent, but the Christian God is said to possess this attribute. Therefore, the Christian God cannot exist. So let us see now how a Christian can respond to this argument. First, the precise meaning of omnipotence must be determined. In particular, it should be determined whether or not omnipotence entails being able to defy logic. If it does, God's omnipotence can be preserved by asserting that God can both create a rock that he cannot lift and lift. This would imply that logic is a creation of God. God created it to govern the universe, but it doesn't apply to him, and he can override it at his will. The Christian can simply choose this definition of omnipotence and the debate of whether the Christian God can exist is technically over. The non-Christian may assert that this is the incorrect definition, but the Christian has the prerogative to decide precisely what omnipotence means in his own belief, in his own belief system. However, the Christian is now forced into the view that logic is necessarily a creation of God, which may or may not be true. All else being equal, it is better to leave this issue unresolved for the sake of flexibility. In order to avoid this situation, it is desirable to demonstrate that God can maintain his omnipotence, even if omnipotence doesn't entail defined logic. And, oh, okay, look. If defined logic is not part of omnipotence, the argument of the previous paragraph doesn't hold. God cannot create both the rock he cannot lift and lift. This would be a logical impossibility. In this scenario, logic is an attribute of God rather than his creation. God would be he who is logical, and he could and he could not be logical, since that would mean God is not God. And at this point, it may be asked, can God be illogical, or can God be not God? Um, in a further attempt to show that if God is bound by logic, then he cannot preserve his omnipotence. Uh, these are simpler versions. Um, Actually, uh, I, I, I don't want to get, I promise to only be one minute, um, but um, that was just sort of like, I think uh, the kind of um, question that I think, Chris, you were getting at uh, about looking into and understanding omnipotence and, and God, God's character. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that. I think um, it does involve some some thought and that that continental person Obviously, it was just looking for a ride, but yeah. Do you, I do you have that, that I think saved that's... somewhere that we could read it? Because I'd love to yeah. read the whole thing. That's a good one, David. Yeah, and I think you, oh, cool. and you Chris, yeah. and Austin, and yeah, I think everyone was kind of uh, agreeing with that. Can I add to what Dave said? I felt like maybe it can be a flush thought a little more. 
Well, it sounded like he could flesh it out a little more, but yeah, he said he was going to limit it as per server. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to link it real quick, and it, you'll see it's only it's only a, a one minute read. Hold on, let me. Just it. Well, for me, I think they simply like we can just say, you know, can God create a a square uh, triangle? Can God create something that exists and not exists at the same time? Right? Uh, if it can willingly give the possibility that God will not uh, violate fundamental rules of logic like these things, and we can clearly uh, make a reasonable case that he will not. It's a it's a question of contradiction, and uh, if God is real, we can reasonably assume that he will not violate the laws of creation. Uh, Are you guys the laws of contradiction he created, right? Are you guys like constantly getting into like like logic arguments with atheists, and that's the <clears throat> primary interest for these sort of like thought experiments? Yeah, sure. Uh, not constantly, but it just happened. Yeah, that like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, don't you think at some point <clears throat> this is just like sort of like well, at least what I've I feel like I've learned. Like at, at some point, if you need to go to like the depths of you know, the seven levels of philosophical, you know, uh, morality, you know, th there's really no, there's no fruit to bear from that sort of conversation, right? <laughs> like, they're so entrenched, like someone who's so like, obviously, like, uh, you know, putting logic on this, like deity, you know, pedestals of, of sorts, right, is, you know, in a sense, you know, forgive my language, but retarded, and literally, there's going to be nothing you can do or say that's going to convince them otherwise. Because logic is so, like, so this is the same issues I have with, like, so let's say non-religious debates with philosophy in general, right? I call it mental masturbation because that's all it is, right? There's no actual practical application of such things because people who are so involved with these sort of, like, schools of thoughts are often lacking when it comes to, like, you know, again, application or what's the whole point of this? Like, what do you, you know, like, if, you, if you're having to dive to these sort of levels, it's like this, like, insanity, if you will. And more than, I mean, more than that, the, I mean, the inception of the comments usually start with like, uh, who, who was it? Like, um, yeah, what David just read, like, you know, they they start out by trying to project and tell the Christian, uh, you know, what they believe about their God. It's like, well, no, it's the prerogative of the Christian. So like by doing that, like the Christians, like, believe it or not, this is not the first time in my life. I've heard that question. I've heard this before. I've thought about it before. I have an answer for you now. Um, but then they're like, well, no, because you're God this and you're God this and you believe that. It's like, why why should we even go? I mean, other than just to entertain the entertain the experiment. Yeah. I mean, why should we even go any further? Because at the point where you're telling me what I believe, why don't I just start telling you how you're an atheist and how you're I mean, like Michael gets all the time. Like when he talks about, you know, how they get, like they'll get in arguments with atheists telling each other how they're doing atheism wrong. It's like, well, wait, as you know, an atheist, I'm allowed to flesh out my own position so like as a christian i'm allowed to flesh out what i actually believe not what you tell me you think i should believe so it's like at that point it's already like not worth really engaging from like a it's going to make a difference level um but yeah yeah i i, I agree with you guys but at the end of the day i i, I for the context so guy just asked a question so i felt like maybe it is a bit appropriate for people here in the room for Christians since it, the title is We Got Answers, 
right? <laughs> to provide the NASA, although the question is probably. Yeah, you just have to remember, you just got like, so again, like I'll always try to communicate to the lowest common denominator is like a, a point I like to make with people who are just, you know, I don't know, prosthesizing or evangelizing in general. Right. And so when you get these people who are in there, like, you know, let's let's follow this logical experiment from point A to point Z. You're literally I can guarantee you're losing a majority of the, the audience to this exercise. Right. And, and you're sort of like engaging the atheist in their like illogic, their, their like, you know, madness, so to speak. But <clears throat> this is why I, I, I don't know. I per, like again to each his own. Right. Everybody's got their own purpose, et cetera. So I, I think, again, I, I actually thought it was well. Like it's great. It's a great point. It, it makes it's it's a good sort of counter to logic. Um, but again, you know, argument for the sake of argument is what I see a lot of this is. It's it's literally just argument for the sake of argument, not the sake of like you know to bring the glory of God forth, right? So how I counter these people, for example, is I just say, okay, so let's just assume if there was a deity that existed, do you really think that you as a human being can possibly comprehend, you know? Uh, how how the structure of everything that we have before us is put together or the mindset or the, you know, the understand, have that level of understanding, like, and just point out the hubris and the, you know, the ego and the pride that's associated with believing that you need to understand how all this stuff works. And for the record, you know, like, you know, all we do is answer stupid questions all the time. <laughs> so, but um, I mean, I guarantee don't don't prove me wrong, Chris. I'm putting faith in you. I guarantee if the guy would have came in back, um, hey, you know, I'm not a believer in God. Uh, you know, I really have a question that says we've got answers. Um, look, I don't mean to be a troll. Um, I just really want to know what the Christian answer is to some things like, you know, can God make a married bat or make a married bachelor? Can God make a square triangle? Blah blah. Can like, you know, can God make a rock so big he can't move? Like, guys, I don't want to troll. I'm being respectful. You can believe whatever you want. Um, we just disagree, but I, I really want to know what your best answer to this is and, and why you get that answer. I almost guarantee I certainly would have, and even probably Chris would have been like, okay, if you really want to know, this is the problem. It's a logical contradiction. It's wrong. It's flawed from inception. Um, and we could even entertain it and go a little further, blah, blah, blah. I'm almost yeah. sure that would have happened. But when the guy's <laughs> like shows up and you weren't here, I think June, and he's like, Hey, can God make a rock so big he can't move? You're fat, Chris. You're <laughs> stupid. Why are you laughing? Oh my God, my voice for him is the same voice I use for Chris. <laughs> it's good. It's like, like, you're fat. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, you know, we entertain trolls, but they got to be respectful. Yeah. Things. You see how dumb that question is, though? Like, think, I just, like, put yourself in the mindset of somebody. Like, look how hard he's trying, you know, to disbelieve. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, what... what... I mean, there are, as Chris said, there are better arguments out there. Like, why try so hard on this one? I don't understand. Like, but I, I feel like Fury, like, you know, another way to deal with this question, perhaps, and maybe they can start to humble up, will be like, I mean, for me, I actually personally experienced miracles. Like, I saw a Bible floating in midair. Okay. Uh, and, and I saw somebody just pray, and suddenly, out of nowhere, Okay, a cardboard box magically appeared. Okay, they said they 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 asked a sign. It magically appeared. Uh, I, I witnessed a lot of uh, miracles. So for me, uh, sometimes like with some of my close atheist friends, I'll ask, "Well, can you explain this to me?" And they say no. And then I'll tell them, "Well, then, why do you expect me to answer so many of your questions?" 
I mean, I, I and I told him, yeah, he will always tell me, oh, science may not have the answer now, but we'll have the answer later. Uh, then I will say, like, ever since we, how not have a human's existence? He will tell me with evolution, 100,000 years or maybe uh, a little longer. And I will tell him, like, well, from these years to now, we found no answer to, to answer these questions. And suddenly you expect us to answer these questions later in the future. Well, yeah. if you can't answer these questions, then I, I can have my belief as a Christian of the existence of God, of the supernatural world, spiritual world, and miracles. And if you can't find any sufficient examples to truly explain miracles, then what can I say? If you're going to bring other miracles from other religion, you're clearly engaging in gen uh, whataboutism. But the very fact is in the atheistic worldview, there is no answer to miracles to begin with. But then um, you, they, they seek an answer and explanation of God and many of their objections uh, to theists. But they don't have any answers truly to explain away miracles and many more, right? Hey, uh, uh, Nate, you mind if I have a swing at this? Uh, sure, and then I'm gonna have to run. But yes, go ahead and swing away. Sure. Um, so, uh, June, is it, is it pronounced June? Sure. Oh, okay. I, I just, I don't want to mispronounce your name. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm not going to, um, belittle your personal experience. I think personal experience to the individual who, who has it is the best evidence that you could possibly have. Um, there are some unfortunate things we have to address, though, and that is that we know that our senses can play tricks on us. Um, and but you said a bunch of interesting stuff. One of the interesting things that you said is, you know, if if I if if I don't have an answer for a miracle, um, unfortunately, um, if we look at if we look at history, right, um, there have been and forgive me for everyone who's heard me say this in this room before. Um, if if we look at throughout history, right. There have been hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of things that have been attributed to gods in the past, right? And not, not just the Christian God, but gods in general, right? Everything from fertility to uh, a good crop to, uh, you know, just, just name it, right? Thunder and lightning, all of these things, right? Um, but as we learned more stuff, we came to understandings of, oh, okay, so cold and, cold and hot air masses moving together. Oh, that's what causes thunder and lightning. It's not Thor, right? Um, oh, um, you know, uh, genetic abnormalities. That's why you can't conceive a child. It's not that you didn't pray to the fertility goddess enough, right? Of all of these things, right? So as we, as we found naturalistic, or in most cases, scientific explanations for things, um, the things that we used to attribute to gods has gone away. And again, not trying to downplay your personal experience. Well, for me, um, your your explanation uh, has no evidence whatsoever in terms of my experience. I'll give you more information as to well, why okay, your explanation won't work June, at all. Wait, June, wait, wait, can I, I just respond? Oh, did I, you, I was... I was you yeah, let the guy quite, finish. Yeah, I was not quite done yet. Um, and and the, the, the end, unfortunately, the ending of what I have to say is, is the least charitable of what I'm going to say. Um... And, and again, I want to be clear that I'm not downplaying your personal experience. Okay. But so again, lots of things we used to attribute to gods 
we now have naturalistic and scientific explanations for. Okay. Unfortunately, never in the history of history has there been something that we had a scientific explanation for that we later learned was actually supernatural because we have no way to even test for supernatural causation because science can only test the natural world. But anyway, uh, I, that's, that's I'm, Michael, that's inaccurate. Maybe I can't agree to that, but Michael... I want to hear what Fury is, is Oh, about. hang on, real fast. Um, can I just respond to Michael? I, 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 hang on, I, I, I don't... Yeah, I want you to respond, but um, I, I don't want this discussion to end, but I have to bow out. Steph, uh, would you like the mantle again? Yep, sure. All right. I may come back if I can, but otherwise just, you know, kill it when you're done. All right, everyone, enjoy your discussion, and uh, I, I, I don't make Jesus cry. Oh man, Steph has got the mantle of Elijah. So. Uh, and just so you guys know, I have to leave in about twenty minutes for a meeting. So, but I I do want to hear. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I want to hear. I, I can summarize the... really quickly if you like, but because yeah, I have to jump into something and literally any second here. But long story short, um, I can point to a lot of things that science are presenting as basically uh, a hypothesis. Um, which are definitely not. We're finding.